Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier. No grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member-exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash morningcup and use the code morningcup. Question. If I were to ask you right this second to write down all of the subscriptions you pay for each month, would you be able to do it without missing one? It's more difficult than it sounds, especially with so many options and those sneaky free trials that you sometimes forget to cancel. What if I told you I had the perfect solution to help you with this exact problem? Why don't you try Rocket Money? With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to see each and every single subscription I pay for, even the ones I totally forgot I had. I'm sure you've been there too, but Rocket Money can help cancel it with just a few taps. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens, so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Take control over your finances and with the help of Rocket Money's easy-to-use dashboard, compare your monthly spending and make saving money easier than ever. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. Rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Some stories get told by the police, some by the victims, and some by the killers themselves. Today's story is told almost exclusively by the press. On January 25th, 2012, an affluent woman in Detroit was found dead inside of her car, and the details of her case and who killed her became a sensationalized story told entirely by the press. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In the year 2012, 56-year-old Jane E. Bashera was working as the senior marketing manager for Detroit Energy Consulting and Testing Company, 
was a native of Mount Clemens, Michigan, had a bachelor's and master's degree in business administration, had two beautiful children, and was the former president of the Gross Point South High School Mothers Club. And the cherry on top of her wonderful life, her successful businessman, philanthropist, former president of the Rotary Club, son of a state appealant court judge, and husband of 26 years, Bob Beshera. Everything on the surface seemed to be perfect for the Besheras. That was until January of 2012 when something happened to Jane that would turn their whole world upside down. Jane Beshera was last seen on January 24, 2012 after attending a meeting in downtown Detroit. By 11.30 p.m., when she had still not made her way back home, Bob filed a missing persons report at the Gross Point Park Police Department. However, the location of the wife and mother would not stay a mystery for very long. The very next day at around 7 a.m., a tow truck driver patrolling the streets for stolen vehicles happened upon a Mercedes SUV parked in an alley on the east side of Detroit. Inside was the battered and bruised body of Jane Brashera. Her cause of death appeared to be strangulation, but before she took her last breath, Jane fought for her life, breaking her fingernails and thrashing her body to free herself from her captor. Because of her affluence and the upscale reputation of Gross Point Park with its severe lack of crime, the murder of Jane Brashera became the talk of the town, with local press reporting every last piece of information that they could find and updating readers for years to come. They were at full force when a candlelight vigil was held the night of her body's discovery on the lawn of the local high school where her children once attended. Jane's minister led the service while a devastated Bob stood silently amongst the mourners. Her funeral was later held at her church and attended by hundreds, including U.S. Representative Hanson Clark. Everyone between their tears seemed to be asking the same question. Who on earth would want Jane Beshera dead? Well, the Gross Point Park Police, the Detroit Police Department, and the Michigan State Police were all wondering the same thing. So, working together, they opened up an investigation into Jane's life and her death. Two days after her body was found, the Gross Point Park Police Chief announced that Bob Beshera was a person of interest in his wife's case, going further as to say that he was the only person of interest in her case. This, of course, shocked the entire community, especially when some of the sources reported that Bob had, at the time, taken and failed a lie detector test about his involvement in Jane's murder. More shocking news came on January 31st, when investigators revealed that not only did they think Bob was involved, but that they were almost certain Jane was actually killed in her home and then placed in the SUV much later. Just when things started to look really bad for Bob Beshera, February 1st brought a report that a man named Joseph Gentz had turned the case completely around and confessed to helping dispose of Jane's body after she was murdered in her garage. Joseph, who was a developmentally disabled handyman who rented property from Bob Beshera, went on to say that he was hired by Bob to kill his wife in exchange for $2,000 and an old Cadillac. The next day, reports went further and claimed that not only had Bob hired Joseph to kill his wife, but that their entire picture-perfect marriage seemed to be a complete sham. According to the reports, Bob Beshera, quote, 
allegedly led a double life centering on the underground world of sadomasochism and sexual deviancy with women other than his wife and reportedly maintained a sex dungeon in the basement of the Hard Luck Lounge, a business located in a building owned by Bob Bashera. Now, the fact that he had sexual, quote, deviancies seemed to be a problem for some, but for those who understood his fantasies, the real problem stemmed from the fact that his wife had no clue about her husband's sex life, nor did she know anything about his plan to purchase a house that he called the cottage, where he would have multiple submissives and live his BDSM lifestyle full time. Something that would be greatly helped if he was able to collect her $800,000 life insurance policy. Bob, of course, denied any and all involvement in her death and even said that he and Jane had an open marriage, meaning she knew all about his relations with other women. In March of 2012, the home of one of these mistresses, a woman named Rachel Renee Gillette, whose name had already been made public in the media, was raided by police and, though she was not a person of interest in the case, police left carrying several cardboard boxes and an evidence bag. According to the reports, Rachel, who was employed in the Office of Alumni Affairs at Wayne State University, was fired after leaving the office on the day that Jane's body was discovered. On March 3, 2012, Joseph Gentz was officially arrested and charged with first-degree murder after turning himself in back on January 31st, where the police had initially dismissed his confession due to his disabilities. The same month of his arrest, newspapers reported that the clothing worn by Jane Bashera at her time of death was either missing or destroyed before it could be shipped to the Michigan State Police Crime Laboratory. After things went quiet for a few months, in June of 2012, Bob Bashera was charged with trying to hire someone to kill Joseph Gentz. All of this was confirmed, according to reports, after a furniture store owner wore a wire and recorded Bob setting up the newest murder. He, not denying this murder as he had denied the ties to Jane's, pleaded guilty to the solicitation of murder and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. With Bob securely behind bars, police continued to work up the case against him for his wife's murder. They finally had enough and, while serving his sentence for trying to have Joseph killed, was finally charged with Jane Bashera's murder. On the stand, Joseph stood before the jury and said that, on the day of Jane's murder, Bob pulled out a gun and told him to, quote, shut her up. He was promised money and the car in exchange for the murder, though the amount of money did change from 8000 to 10000 and admitted to breaking Jane's neck with Bob watching nearby. In total, 74 witnesses came forward in Bob's case, with 460 exhibits being entered into the trial that was watched by almost the entire nation. And with BDSM playing a major role in the salacious trial, it became something onlookers couldn't tear their eyes away from. In the end, on December 18, 2004, Bob Bashera was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment on January 15th, 2015. But the case of Bob and Jane Brashera wasn't over yet. In January of 2016, Joseph Gentz, who was serving his 17 to 28 year sentence after pleading guilty to second degree murder, claimed he committed perjury under the pressure of the Gross Point Park Police, now saying that Bob was not involved in the murder of his wife, recanted his original affidavit, 
and said, quote, I never read what I sign. In a new affidavit, Joseph claimed he acted alone after Jane caught him stealing from Bob. In a two-page, 12-paragraph document, Joseph said that he believed Bob Bashera owned him money for some handiwork and intended to steal to make up for that. When he was in the garage trying to get something, Jane surprised him and he, quote, panicked, walked towards her, and put my hands around her neck, and she began struggling with me. That's when he picked up something nearby, hit her on the head, and she lost consciousness. He thought she was faking it, so he placed both of his hands around her neck and, quote, squeezed her neck until she no longer moved. Joseph then said he implicated Bob because he was still angry at him and that a Sergeant Reducio offered a lower sentence if he wrote up the affidavit blaming Bob for the murder. He went on to say, I could no longer live knowing that Mr. Robert Bashera was completely innocent. Despite this piece of information, which some believe and some do not, in September of 2017, the Court of Appeals affirmed Bob's conviction. This was appealed, but later denied in May of 2018. A petition was later filed to overturn Bob's conviction completely. While behind bars, Bob continued to rack up violations for things like hiding or hoarding medicine, lying, talking when not permitted, and vulgar language. He continued to do so until August 18th, 2020, when he died while still in prison at the age of 62. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 26th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.